Well, good week to everybody and Gamar Khatima Tova. That means you should, oh, how do you translate that into English? You should be inscribed for a good year. And you're listening to the Tamar Yona Show here at Israel News Talk Radio. It's a crazy world and it's about as good as it gets these days. We're going to be talking about a certain amount of topics here on the show today. One, freedom is a fragile thing. Also, Europe's gas sabotage. And inflation equals demand destruction versus supply shortages. And last, Israeli economic stability amidst global chaos. Well, that's some good news for us here in Israel. I want to say hello to everybody who is listening in from all over the world, from all over the United States of America, the United Kingdom, Argentina, Israel, Australia, France, Saudi Arabia. I don't know who you are, but I can see the flags of your countries, and it's wonderful to see all of you listening in. Our guest today, as usual, is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. He's a researcher, former lecturer at Ben-Gurion University. He's authored over 80 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideast and world issues, I want to welcome to the show again, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Hello. Thank you. How is your Rosh Hashanah holiday? Uh, you heard the shofar? I was, not a good question. I was ill the whole time. Okay. Oh, you were ill? <laughs> oh, no. You didn't get to eat the good food that everybody made for their tables and hear the shofar, the chauffeur in English? I, I couldn't even eat the... Uh... Half of a pizza. Oh, okay. Well, I, you know what? That That's how you should feel on Yom Kippur. <laughs> All right. Okay. I don't want to feel that way on Yom Kippur. Either. Yeah, Yom Kippur when we fast. Yom Kippur, as, as people say in English. All right. So uh, where would you like to start? The world, you know, we last week, what we saw was a, a sabotage of the uh, pipeline from Russia into through the Black Sea into Europe. That Baltic, is Baltic the Baltic Sea. Sorry, correct. Thank you. Uh, and the, the devastation that's going to cause. And also, I believe that uh, Norway just announced a new pipeline. Right? <laughs> we'll talk yeah, about but that. I want to get to that in a moment. Yes. I want to talk about freedom first. Okay. Because I think it's very relevant to speak of these things in a certain order at the moment. So we'll get to the sabotage, but let's let's begin with the idea of freedom. I, I want to quote from one of my favorite people. Um, I believe that at very least for the last, say, 100 or 150 years, the two um, greatest persons that America produced, at least in my personal opinion, were Martin Luther King Jr. and Ronald Reagan. And I'd like to quote from Ronald Reagan, a speech that he made on the 5th of January 1967, and I quote, freedom is a fragile thing, and is never more than one generation from extinction. It is not ours by way of inheritance, and must be fought for and defended constantly by each generation, for it comes only once to a people. And those in world history who have known freedom and then lost it have known it, never known it again. Close quote. It's, as far as I'm concerned, that's one of the um, most, uh, how do you say in English, shattering quotations that I'm aware of, one of the most 
one of the smartest statements that I've ever heard any any leader make. I, I never get tired of repeating his the, the, this quotation. The West's uh, so-called ruling classes, those um, uh, 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 superb people that uh, take 550 private airplanes to Davos each year and then lecture us to drive less. Um, uh, um, uh, over the last 50 years, as far as I can tell, and I'd be more than happy if someone would correct me, they have failed at everything that they've put their hands on. The Vietnam War, Iraq War, the Afghan War, the drugs war, education of our, of our youth and economies, demographics, immigration policies, natural resource utilization, infrastructure building and maintenance. I don't know of any area of public management that has not seen a failure throughout all Western countries. I'm not taking, speaking at, at that moment of, of uh, uh, X or Y or A or B or whatever. It's the United States, Canada, Australia, uh, um, uh, 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 France, Germany, Netherlands, blah, blah, blah. All of them. All of them. Every country is a failure. Every, every single one of them. It's amazing. And we still listen to these horrible people. The hypocrisy stinks. You know, I used to have Shifra Hoffman, Zichrona Livracha, may your memory be for a blessing, who always used to say on, on my show, uh, the, the, the U.S. Constitution, people are thinking, well, in America, we're free, and et cetera, et cetera. But she would say that the U.S. Constitution is only as strong as the people willing to go out and defend it. And I think that was a brilliant uh, comment as well. I think it's the same. It's, a, it's, a, it's basically the same statement. If you're not willing, look, you need to. Let's phrase it some, a diff, somewhat differently. People who are unfree hate the people that are free. That's natural. That's human. Yes, human nature. I'm not saying anything against the unfree. That's just the way. That's just reality of life. Alex de Tocqueville, about 190 years ago, said. That, so, that democracy cannot last because people will always vote themselves programs that are unsupportable economically and, and, and the economy will collapse. And we're seeing that in the United States. The United States has a, a debt which is uh, um, uh, uh, something in the order of a, uh, of a third larger than its gross domestic project, product. In other words, it, it, when, when the Fed raises the interest rate by... 1% as they've done over the past few months. They've, run, uh, they've raised it much more than 1%, of course. Uh, 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 uh. For every 1%, that increases that debt by another $300 billion. And that doesn't include, for instance, the increased costs for servicing that debt, which is on Americans' children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. That debt will never be repaid. There's no way to repay that debt. Um, the world is sinking very rapidly right now towards World War III. Biden is doing everything possible to force Putin's hand into a nuclear response. Um, in a moment, we'll be talking about the, uh, the, the sabotage of the gas lines. Uh, that's just one example, but there are many, many examples. We need to understand fascism is when big business cooperates with government to control the people. 
Does that sound familiar? Remember when the Biden people talked about cooperating with companies like Facebook and, and Twitter right. to control the people? I, I want to backtrack for a moment if I can, because I want you to clarify. When you say that the United States under the Joe Biden administration is uh, doing everything it can to, you know, maybe, I don't know, the, not the word convinced, but uh, that Russia says to force Russia, okay, I'll even force, that's a stronger word, to uh, possibly open this up as a, as a uh, nuclear war. Do you think that he would, if he were to use nuclear weapons, do you think that it would be against the Ukraine or the United States? I think Putin is a lot smarter than Biden. I could be wrong. I mean, I, Biden, we know, is a moron. We, we, we've always known that he's a jerk. He's stupid. Uh, as I've said many times, he was stupid long before he was senile. Now he's both. Um, uh, I believe that Putin is intelligent. I don't think he's a nice person. But I think he's intelligent. Um, I think that his, if he does actually uh, uh, go to nuclear weapons, and I don't think he, he, I think he's very, very reluctant to do that. I, I think that that's the last thing he wants to do. But I think if, God forbid, he's forced to do that, he will begin with technical nuclear weapons on the battlefield, and not more than that. And so that would be then used against you, you believe uh, the Ukraine. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying on the battlefield. On the battlefield, uh, 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 from what I'm seeing right now, the Americans are working very hard to spread the battle beyond the borders of the Ukraine. We've heard some rather disconcerting statements from some European leaders, from uh, Poland, uh, uh, from uh, uh, Moldova, from uh, uh, um, other places that are clearly... Uh, uh, um, I won't say coordinated with America, but are clearly uh, um, uh, under the same winds. And uh, they're extraordinarily disconcerting. There's, uh, you know, there's fingers pointing, excuse me, who, um, who's, who may have sabotaged this pipeline under the Baltic Sea. And, of course, Russia is saying it's the United States, United States, or Europe and the United States perhaps is saying it's Russia did it to itself, etc. But interestingly, uh, I mean, it would seem, and I was watching Tucker Carlson, he was showing footage of uh, U.S. President Joe Biden saying that there will be no uh, pipeline if Putin uh, doesn't do what they want him to do. And he repeated it twice. He didn't say how he would do it. So that's very suspicious. And also the same time uh, that the pipeline was sabotaged, all of a sudden Norway announces that they have a pipeline uh, that's going through the Baltic Sea to Poland, which is Europe. And, you know, this sounds kind of fishy. It does look like it does look like, I hate to say it, but it does look like the United States may have uh, done this. We have to end here because we are going to a break. We're going to be right back. We'll talk more about this. And we are live if you want to call in. Our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. If you're listening on Sunday afternoon Israel time, we'll be right back. You think you can get real news about Israel from major news sources located far away from Israel? Think again. Get it from the source. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight Where talk. Do you get from the it- inside news on Israel. 
At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Hi, my name is Michael Ben-Noach from Slovakia. Israel News Talk Radio is just the best radio station in the world and I listen every day. All right, we are back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and it's about as good as it's going to get these days. Ha <laughs> ha, winking there. Freedom is a fragile thing, and Europe's gas sabotage, that's what we ended the last segment on, that there are finger points from each of the sides in the Ukrainian-Russian war pointing to who did what to the pipeline under the Baltic Sea. And uh, I was saying that on a Tucker Carlson, I was watching that, they, he showed actually excerpts, uh, I think it was back in January, I'm not sure when it was, that U.S. President Joe Biden was saying that there will be no uh, Russian pipeline going uh, going to Europe if, I, I don't remember the exact words he used, but basically if, if uh, Putin is going to do anything that they don't, that they don't like. So do you want to comment on that? Yes, that's exactly what I wanted to talk about. Um, first of all, it's clear, it's, it's absolutely certain today that this was sabotage. This was not something that uh, uh, was some sort of a natural disaster. People need to un- understand, we're talking about massive pipelines that are made out of uh, 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 very structural steel, very strong things, and then encased in concrete, and all this is placed at a depth of between 70 and 100 meters under the sea. So this is not something that can be trivially done. This is not something that can be done by mistake. This can't just happen. Hmm. Uh, uh, and it certainly was not seismic. The um, uh, uh, Swedish um, seismologist uh, uh, computed that the size of the explosion, uh, of the first explosion, and I'll get to the why I say first, um, uh, the first explosion was about... 200 kilograms of TNT. That's a massive explosion. I've used TNT. I know what a kilogram looks like. I know what 100 kilograms looks like. 200 kilograms is very, very large. Um, one, pe- one thing people need to be aware of is Nord Stream 1 was blown up 17 hours after Nord Stream 2. In other words, this was not only an attack and a sabotage, this was well-planned, well-coordinated, and well-orchestrated. And it took place over uh, 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 several days in total. There were reports uh, for three days prior to the explosions 
of uh, uh, American Seahawk helicopters hovering over the area for three days running. Um, even if we could somehow justify the thought that Russia did it, which is an absolutely absurd thought. I can't say that they did. I certainly don't have the facts. But even if we can assume that the, that the Russians did it, it would be very hard for them to do it with American helicopters hovering over the place for three days uh, 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 um, uh, prior to the to the to the, to the explosions. But you also have to ask, what would their motive be? And it doesn't seem like they would have a motive to sabotage their own pipeline. Oh, not not unless that you, you the, the, we, we imagine that their greatest joy in life is is suicide. Now, this is not only a source of income; this is their basically their only leverage that they have over the European countries. Mm-hmm. So, if they wanted to be able to talk to Europe, this was the language that they would speak to Europe with. So that doesn't look good. Knew that that doesn't look too good for the American people. Well, I go even, I'll go even further than that. Who benefits from this? The only country that benefits from it is America because America is now one of Europe's largest suppliers of natural gas. But what about Norway, the the NATO countries? Sorry? What about Norway, who has this new pipeline, and the the NATO countries? They, They would benefit as well. No? Why would the NATO countries benefit? Well, isn't... Norway is the only European source of, of gas right at the moment. There's a minor amount from the UK, uh, but it's too trivial to be, to be worth bothering with. And I don't, I'm not certain, but I don't think it goes outside of the UK. I think it only serves uh, 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 the UK. Um, but other than that, there, there's very little gas in Europe other than Norway. Norway is the, is the only significant source of gas in Europe. Okay, let, let's uh, just for time, because of the time issue, tell us, Tachlis, bottom line, what does that mean for you and me and the Americans and the Europeans that this whole episode happened with the... With oh, the it's, it's, it's much more complex, complex than that. First of all, um, uh, uh, we need to understand that this is one of the largest man-made environmental disasters in human history. Over 300,000 tons of methane have already been released into the atmosphere. This is the equivalent of 20 years of American car emissions. So anybody that's talking about so-called climate change and uh, global warming and blah, 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 all the stuff that Kerry and uh, well, what's his, the other guy's name there, Al Gore, are supposedly so so caring about while they fly fly their private jets all over the world. Well, this is much much worse than anything that has ever happened before. So that's the first answer to your question. A natural disaster of monumental proportions. So whoever thought of this is at very least a horrible evil person. In terms of the environment, in terms of things that people are supposed to care about, the the, the health of the planet. What would that do to the marine life in the Baltic Sea? No one yet knows. Very good question. And nobody yet, nobody yet knows. Um, we're talking about massive quantities of methane. Some of it clearly dissolves in the water. What it's going to, how it's going to affect, for instance, a, a very large fishery industry in, in, in Holland, Belgium, uh, 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 Scandinavia, etc., etc. No one yet knows. It's too early to tell. 
I've lived in the past in Holland. I know what the fishery industry means for Holland. Um, potentially, this is a massive disaster in that in, the, in, 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 in those terms as well. Remember, we're in the midst of a food crisis anyway. This will exacerbate the food crisis as well. Um, this will cause a, a, a massive uh, um, a, a, a disruption in supply, of course, uh, uh, around the world. Because somebody's going to supply, be supplying to Europe, and what's being supplied to Europe is not being supplied somewhere else. <coughs> By the way, if you want the, pipe, the, the exact fight in the uh, uh, quotation, I have it here. Please. Yes, right? read it to our listeners. Okay, quote. If Russia invades, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We will bring an end to it. And then he was asked how, and all he did was repeat what he had just said, correct? He said, he said we can. Basically, he said, we can do it. So that looks pretty bad for America. I don't want to be accusatory because I don't really have facts. Nobody does yet, uh, or nobody publicly does, of course, uh, except the people who actually did it. Um, what we do know is that the facts appear to point towards the United States. It pains me to say that, literally. Uh, 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 the idea that Russia did it seems at the moment to be ludicrous. Um, could someone else have done it? Did other, are there other countries that had, had the capability to do it? Yes, of course, there are many countries that could have done it in theory, but I can't see any justification. I can't see any reason why any country in the region would want to do it. I just don't find a reason. The only country that benefits economically from this is the United States. And Yeah, and that's why I'm, I'm saying it doesn't look good. And I, I, I also hate saying that because I love America. It's a wonderful country. And the American people, wonderful people. And, and just, uh, but who they have it, uh, you know, who, who is at the helm right now in the White House, it uh, doesn't look good. Okay. Uh, do you want to move on to another topic? Um. Okay, I, I want a few a few other items here that that are worth looking at, uh, or at least mentioning. Um, uh, uh, the Norwegians, you mentioned the the Norwegian pipe pipeline. The Norwegians have uh, announced a massive military buildup to protect their pipeline. They are claiming that there have been threats. They have not identified the threats, or not publicly identified the threats. In parallel to that. There's another pipeline that goes that serves that sends Russian gas to uh, 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 Europe. It's a small pipeline, relatively. It's called Turkstream, and that has also been threatened, evidently. So this is not a one-time thing. This appears to be multiple pronged. And okay, and what does that mean? Uh, two other little points here that, again. Uh, um, uh, just two other facts, and I'll finish with this subject. Um, even before this sabotage, even before this happened, electricity in Germany was already the most expensive electricity on the planet at 39 cents per kilowatt hour. And it can only go up from here because it's getting more rare. And the last thing I'll say about this is that 
Russia now has seven nuclear-capable bombers, strategic bombers, in our most forward base. And and finish it. And, we have like about 30 more seconds. And we don't know why they've the, these bombers have been transferred to Olia. Olenya. I'm not. I don't speak Russian. I'm not. I'm probably mispronouncing this. I apologize. But we do not know why these seven bombers, massive airplanes, have been. Uh, 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 why strategic airplanes of this kind would be transferred to Olenya? Well, it's very concerning. We have to uh, keep our eye on what's going on. This could lead, God forbid, to World War III with nuclear weapons being used. Really end-of-day stuff. But we have more to talk about when we get back from the break. Everybody, we'll be right back. Shalom, this is Nadia Matar from the Sovereignty Movement. At a time when there is so much disinformation, you have to know who to listen to to know what really is going on in Israel. Israel News Talk Radio is a radio where you can know that what you hear is the truth. Israel News Talk Radio, straight talk from Israel. One minute of Torah. In our poetic Torah portion this week, Ha'azinu, the Jewish people are referred to as the lot of God's inheritance. An additional meaning to the word used for lot in this verse is rope. Chabad philosophy explains that the Jewish soul is compared to a rope that connects God above with his beloved nation down below. This rope is comprised of 613 strands, corresponding to the 613 divine commandments. When we fulfill the commandments, our bond with the Almighty is solid. If, God forbid, we break one of the commandments, we snap a thread of our divine connection, weakening our bond with our source of life. There is hope, however. When a physical thread is cut, it can always be retied. In fact, the place where the thread is retied is now the strongest part of the thread. Additionally, when the two pieces are retied, automatically this brings the ends of the rope closer together. With Yom Kippur in the air and the time of reflection and repentance upon us, we can use this metaphor as encouragement when recalling our sins of this past year. Every single misdeed is now an opportunity to strengthen our commitment and bond with our Father in Heaven. With your Iron Chairman of Torah, this is All right, we are back at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and we are speaking with Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, and he commentates on Mideast and world issues. We were talking about freedom. We are talking about Europe's gas sabotage, and it does not look good for Europe this winter. People are predicting that there may be, God forbid, a lot of deaths from the lack of energy, the cost of energy to keep uh, their homes warm this winter. As well, we talked about the uh, possibility, God forbid, of nuclear war which is uh, Russia just made a statement. I'm not sure which minister it was, but I, I heard it this morning and they were saying that, you know, this uh, could uh, justify using nuclear weapons, this sabotage that they say uh, happened to their pipeline under the Baltic Sea. It, they are saying that the United States did it uh, under the Joe Biden administration and uh, this does not look good. So where would you like to go from there, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem? Well, I'd like to comment first of all on what you just said. Um, uh, people need to be aware, at least in terms of 
uh, uh, what, what's sometimes called international law, or at least uh, what's recognized more or less as international law. This is a major uh, uh, infrastructure owned by Russia. And if Russian-owned infrastructure is was indeed attacked by a foreign country, and again, I'm not saying who did it, I do not know, but if it is true that Russian infrastructure, major infrastructure projects, costing tens of billions of dollars, was attacked by a foreign power, by any recognition, this is an act of war. Huh, wow. So I was telling you during the break, this is kind of like, you know, a lot of people might feel that this is God setting the stage for Armageddon. Well, uh, 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 I've been going over over the last few days. Uh, I, I was ill most of last week, so I didn't have much choice except to be at home. Um, uh, and so for several days now, I've been going over more and more uh, uh, leading economic analysts around around the world. Some of them, uh, some of them that I were unfamiliar with previously, most of whom I I'm familiar with. And I, I, I respect them very, very strongly. And they are all in total agreement that uh, 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 we're talking about a 90-year economic cycle. In other words, every economic indicator shows that what's happening now is exactly what was happening in the 1930s. We're moving towards a depression. We're moving towards, uh, uh, we've seen the... Uh, the, the stock markets around the world uh, in a state of collapse. We're seeing, uh, 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 we saw the collapse, for instance, of the cryptocurrencies. Uh, they, 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 they have not recovered. We're seeing uh, 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 a spike in the, in the relative value of the dollar without the dollar being strengthened. I mean, these are bad economic indicators around the world. And um, if we look, for instance, at the inflation in the United States, uh, 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 the Fed, uh, Powell, basically has one tool, and we all know that we're all familiar with the expression, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, and he's pounding on that nail very hard, raising interest rates. I expect him to continue to raise interest rates. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting that he will, that his next interest rate rise, if I'm not mistaken, is in November, not in, a, in October, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it's not a question of the election, but he will raise interest rates between uh, 50 basis to 75 basis points. But I will predict that his process of continuing to raise interest rates will continue probably for the, the entire first half of 2023, a continual rising of interest, interest rates. If we look at what happened in 1980, um, the, uh, the, the inflation reached uh, 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 um, a, a similar height as what inflation looks like today in the United States, and the interest rate was 20%. The interest rate today in the United States is about 3.5%. So a 3.5% interest rate at more than 8% inflation is ludicrous. It is highly in, in, inadequate, and it clearly will have no significant effect on, on inflation. But there's no reason why it should have an, uh, an effect on inflation. That's the wrong tool to use. Raising interest rates will not affect inflation unless, we, unless the economy is driven towards depression beyond 
uh, uh, recession because it's not a, uh, a demand in, uh, inflation. It's a supply inflation. We're talking about inflation. Again, just to remind people, inflation definition of inflation, of inflation basically is too much cash chasing too few goods. So that means you're going to have you're going to it can either be caused by too much cash, which is the case since Biden has has uh, 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 um, uh, caused five trillion dollars in liquidity in a year and a half, which is unprecedented in human history. Um, but it's mostly caused by a lack of demand. Uh, I'm sorry, a, a lack of supply, um, uh, uh, whether it be supply of uh, uh, of oil and gas or whether it be supply of many, many other commodities. Uh, um, uh, the, the, the largest supplier of uh, commodity supplier on the planet till now has been Russia. And the embargoes against Russia are having a devastating effect around the world on just about every major uh, economy, um, whether it be um, um, uh, the United States, Canada, Australia, Western Europe, and etc., so we're talking here about uh, uh, some major issues here, raising the 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 the, uh, uh, the the rates by the Fed will not have any good effect until they're raised much much higher. So I would expect him to continue to raise for at least the next uh, to the middle of uh, 2023, and then sharply curtail it. Call the people who are so-called gold bugs, and I'm one of them, um, that will mean that the dollar will drop and gold will, in my personal opinion, skyrocket. But right now, the dollar, I understand, has gone up. That's part of the problem. Yes, you're correct. It's a liquidity problem. It's a, it's a very complex problem. I'll try to explain it in just a few words. Um, basically, the markets are in a state of tremendous flux, which means that the levels of confidence of major banks and uh, financiers has gone down. The world economy today is driven by, catch this number, a one quadrillion dollars in derivatives. Derivatives means all sorts of securities that are based upon other securities and etc. For instance, what happened, what caused the collapse in 2008. Quadrillion. Wow. Okay. Quadrillion. That means a tri uh, a million million. A million million. Um, so it's an enormous number, and all of that needs to be backed up by collateral. Now collateral is becoming scarce because most things that were previously accepted as collateral, because of this lack of trust that I've just mentioned, are no longer acceptable or are acceptable only at massive discounts. So people are running around looking for collateral. The only way to acquire this collateral is via dollars. And that's why the demand for dollars is extraordinarily strong right now. I heard someone say that if you, know, if you don't believe that the dollar is going to stay this way and you do believe that it's going to, the dollar is going to tank it at some point, that now is the time to get out of it. In other words, now is the time to sell while it's high. Again, everybody, don't listen to me. Use your own common sense and speak with your own financial advisors. Go ahead. Look, the, the, the most basic rule of market is buy low, sell high. 
if the dollar is high, sell it. <laughs> that's, that's pretty basic. You can't get much more basic than that. So, yes, I agree with that, that concept. Again, you're right. I mean, we're not here to be financial uh, 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 advisors. We're talking about analysis. But the most basic ideas, uh, buy low, sell high. So if the doctor, dollar is high now and you have a reasonable alternative, I mean, if you're talking about the, 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 the selling it to get, the, I don't know what it's called in Zimbabwe, but whatever the Zimbabwe currency is, or even South African rand, which at one time used to be a good currency, then I'm not so certain that that's a good, good thing to do. But if you have a viable alternative to buy, then I would suggest that that is certainly something that you, can, you should consider. Well, talking about foreign currencies now, one of the topics you wanted to talk about is the Israeli economic stability amidst global chaos. So let's go there. Let's talk about Israel. Yeah, very correct. Um, uh, I, I've been looking very carefully uh, over the last couple of days at the Israeli economy, and, uh, uh, and frankly, I'm, I'm shocked. Uh, 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 um, the Israeli economy is the only um, um, uh, industrialized country in the world today that not only is not doing bad, but is growing. It's, the economy is actually growing. We are now, according to the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, as of last week, Israel is the 16th largest economy in the world. Remember, the 100th size in terms of size of country, number 100. We're the 16th largest economy in the world. I'll give you just, just run off some numbers so you don't know what I'm saying. Uh, the Israeli economy today sits at $55,600 per capita, uh, GDP per capita. $55,600 per person. As comparison, Germany is 52000 UK is 51000 France is 45000 $10,000 smaller than Israel, than Israelis. Italy is $35,000, $20,000 smaller. Spain is even smaller. Um, Israeli inflation, which everybody here is complaining about, has risen to 4%. In the UK, they're talking about 18%. 18, 18. Uh, uh, that's the lowest inflation rate of any industrial economy in the world. In terms of Forex, in terms of uh, foreign exchange, uh, Israel's foreign exchange reserves have gone down slightly. They've gone down by about 10%. They're at $200 billion, which makes us our foreign currency reserves larger than any European country today. Barring none. Uh, building starts in Israel. Had a 26-year high at 63.3 thousand last year. Government deficit is close to zero. Close from the other side, there is a budget surplus. It's close to zero, but it's above zero. So we I don't know, know how to comment on all of this. I mean, other than it sounds godly to me, but <laughs> you're a scientist and a rabbi. So what is your opinion on all of this? I, I you know, as I said, I, I, I don't normally look in detail at the Israeli economy, I look at the world generally. So when I sat down to actually look up some of these data points, 
I was surprised. This is much, much better than I expected. And I'll be honest, I, I, I strongly dislike our present government. So I didn't think they were doing that well. But at that point, I was incorrect. I mean, the government in terms of economy, economics and uh, industrial things, etc. That doesn't mean there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. Of course, there are, there's always room for more and more improvement. Uh, there are some hiccups right now in our high-tech uh, industries. Um, uh, there's a, 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 a slight um, um, uh, what's the word? Um, reversal in the rate of, uh, of foreign, foreign investments. But this is not a this is not a big deal. This is you know a technical issue. Um, the biggest economic issue that we appear to have now this sounds crazy, and I know it does sound, it sound crazy, is that real estate investments are too popular. In other words, because a lot of people look at the banks and see that there's basically nothing there, that there's no reason to. Uh, uh, to have any trust in banks, there's no reason to trust most financial instruments today. So most people in Israel with cash to store somewhere are investing in real estate, and that causes real estate prices to be to rise more quickly than they should. So that's a problem, particularly for young couples. Right. But it's certainly far from a disaster. It's you know it's a it's almost a, it's almost a good problem. Um. Israel has one trillion cubic meters of proven natural gas reserves. This has insulated our economy in terms of the, the, what's going on in the world. One trillion cubic meters, that's a lot of gas. I mean, it's nothing like Qatar. It's nothing like uh, Russia, of course. It's nothing like uh, uh, Iran, which are the three largest uh, um, reserves of, of natural gas in the world. But it's still very, very large. It's enough for us to to export comfortably for many tens of years right now. Um, uh, we use, by the way, about 20 billion cubic meters per year for our, for our domestic uses. Um, interestingly, and, and again, this surprised me. I didn't expect this. The, uh, uh, we all know that over the last couple of years, there's been a, a basic instability in the Israeli government. Uh, repeated elections and et cetera, et cetera. This has not adversely affected the economy at all, at all. Um, uh, uh, we still have basically full employment. Yes, there are some uh, 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 people that have been let go from large American companies that uh, uh, that do their R&D here. And of course, there are hundreds of American companies that do their research and development in Israel. Uh, it's, it's become one of the primary uh, innovation hubs of the world, everyone knows that. Um, but Israel's economy has been very strong. We have um, uh, two dimensions of diversifi diversification that, again, we did not have 20, 30, 20, 25 years ago. We have diversification in terms of our industrial base and diversification in terms of our partners, our trading partners. So, um, <coughs> pardon me. So we're looking at today uh, uh, major trading with uh, with countries throughout the Middle East, um, which is partly 
partly the result of uh, the Abraham Accords, but not only. Um, we're trading with countries that I don't even want to talk about over the air, um, uh, uh, that don't have that don't have diplomatic relations with us. And I'm talking about major trades, not a couple of million dollars a year. I'm talking about significant quantities of money. Um, of course, we're talking about trading with our uh, 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 Abraham Accords uh, partners, if it's uh, uh, Morocco, Emirates, uh, Bahrain. We're talking about the industrial base, uh, not only high tech, which everybody knows about, but uh, security systems, weapon systems, water technology. Israel today is the leading company, country in the world for water technologies, agricultural technologies. The mess, the mess in, uh, in in Europe. Uh, we have a we have a potash industry, which is part of the issue of uh, fertilizers. So of course, uh, um, uh, potash prices have risen by anywhere between four and eight hundred percent. And of course, as I just mentioned before, we're we're, we're exporting energy as well. Um, even one of the things that people on the left complain about incessantly, that is to say, so-called class inequality, even those issues seem to be mitigating somewhat. So even with the growth of the high-tech sector causing, causing, I don't know if that's the right word, causing uh, a, a, a great influx of capital and, and, and many more rich people, there is a trickle-down effect that is uh, 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 visible, that's clear, uh, the trickle-down. And these, um, uh, um, uh, uh, these are affecting the basic population as well. Again, not everybody is overly joy overjoyed about all this. Not everything is perfect. But things in Israel, in, in terms of economics and in terms of demography and in many other terms, are going very well. So as we enter this new, uh, this this new year now, right? <laughs> Everyone's praying that we should be safe, that God should protect the Jewish people and protect the good people of the world and 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 Israel and the, and we should be blessed with health and prosperity and and happiness and and blessings for all good things, basically. Um, do you see that? Do you, do you believe that that's going to happen? Do you believe because what it sounds to me is. And correct me if I'm wrong, that it looks like the rest of the world is kind of like, you know, going down the, the, the drain, spiraling down there. And Israel is robust and looks good. The, the future. One last word. A, a lot of things are crazy. I mean, I, this is going to sound really, really nasty, but I don't mean it that way. But one of the positive effects of the war in, 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 in Eastern Europe is that. The, the rate of Aliyah from Ukraine and Russia has risen, which has always been a massive blessing for Israel. So when when uh, Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem says Aliyah, that means moving to Israel. It's called Aliyah. Okay, so you're saying it's, it, it has been a blessing for us in a sad way. But, you know, a lot of times Jews, when they're running from their countries, fleeing from their countries that are persecuting them or they're suffering from for whatever reason... That always adds to Aliyah. I want to thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. We've run out of time. We will meet next week if we can. We'll figure it out. And we'll let you know as best we can. All right, everybody. Thank you for being with us here at the Tamar Yana Show. Thank you, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thanks for having me.
Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. With scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Howdy, this is Rita from League City, Texas, now living in Israel. And though my heart may have belonged to Texas, it now belongs to Israel and all the fantastic show hosts at Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michael Solomon from Kiryat Arba, Israel. And why do I love listening to Israel News Talk Radio? Because I love listening to the interesting interviews they do and their news reporting that most other media sources don't cover. Hey, this is Nicole Eko from Malmo, Sweden. It gets pretty cold here in Sweden, so I love cuddling up with a warm cup of tea while I listen to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Doris from Tennessee. Me and my dog Buster really love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. <laughs> You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 